Sometimes the natural world is gross, sexy, horrifying, violent, and all those other words you look for in late night TV. This show is intended for mature audiences. So we recently just adopted like 40 new pets all at once that are relating no, to today's episode. No, there's way more than 40. You think? Oh, there's got to be at least 100. No, there's not that many. There's at least 100. Go count them. Uh, right now? Yeah. It's dark. It's okay. Bring a flashlight. Oh, no. So, yeah, we recently moved and we're in a house now instead of an apartment and one of my favorite things is all of the wildlife that we get to see now. Lots of snails and lizards, grasshoppers, and frogs, which we're going to be talking about today, frogs and toads. And we recently quasi-adopted a bunch of frog eggs that the day after turned into tadpoles. My sister recently raised up some tadpoles that she found in a mud puddle. She very diligently raised these tadpoles and released the frogs into a pond by her apartment. And so when we found frog eggs in our pool, I told her about them and she insisted that we had to save them. And I managed to guilt trip Emily enough so that she very carefully fished out all of the frog eggs from the pool. Yep. It was pretty interesting. We saw them in the morning and we were like, what are those black dots? That's weird. And I picked them up with my hand and I was like, "Uh uh-huh, frog eggs. So, (laughs) yep, I scooped them up. And the next day we had a whole bunch of baby tadpoles and they've already like tripled in size. And it's only been like four days. Oh my goodness. Do you know what kind of frog or toad they're going to be? Not sure. We have seen lots of different types of frogs in the area and actually not so much toads so far. We saw a lot of toads at the apartment, like the cane toads, but here it's been like legit frogs. Actual like tree frogs. Yeah. (gasps) My pup met a frog and bonded with it. That's so good. She came into the, uh, our patio and she helped me feed the tadpoles. Yes. She likes to help feed the tadpoles. She loves to help feed the tadpoles. (laughs) That's so cute. Yep. That's my favorite part about having the tadpoles. Yeah. So frogs. Frogs and toads. Yeah. Which are just frogs. Really? Yeah. Turns out there isn't a definitive like definition scientifically of toads. Toads are frogs. It's just colloquially we call frogs that have drier, wartier skin or that may be a little uglier than other frogs. Uh, we call them toads. Hmm. But they are all frogs. Is that different than the turtle tortoise thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. There is an actual definition of a tortoise. However, that does vary uh, depending on where you live geographically. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, do you want to know what a frog's favorite candy is? I thought we were done with this. Yes. Lollihops. (gasps) <gasps> that's adorable that's cute actually yeah. please be forewarned all of these frog jokes and puns are so wholesome and cute i just feel like i had to especially because <laughs> frogs i've learned are very horrifying they're dirty little buggers they're and traumatizing so like, okay i think frogs are adorable and i have loved frogs since i was a very small child like they never terrified me i was always like i love them they're so cool they start as a tadpole and turn into frogs and they can kill people some of them i mean you can't get much better than that but yeah they're horrifying creatures honestly i always loved frogs and toads and then i took a comparative anatomy course 
And like I'd seen frog skeletons before, but when you have them placed next to other animals, you realize that's basically a mouth with enough body to throw things in the mouth. Yes. And so like I still love them and tree frogs is still one of my favorite parts of summer here in Florida. However, I cannot stop to think too long about their insides because then I realized that's just yeah. a mouth with enough animal to throw things in the mouth. I mean, even the outside bits, but I'll get to that, I guess. The Of all of the animals I had the pleasure of working with at our zoo, the African bullfrog was the one that terrified me the most to where I would ask other co-workers to help me feed them. And you're just, not the only person, so don't feel bad. I knew people who yeah. had no issue with so many animals that had very sharp teeth and they did not oh, want to yeah. go near I'll do those the bullfrogs. lemurs, I'll do the sloths, I'll do the snakes. I mean, snakes are easier, not as scary, but the frogs, forget it. I do not. They move they're way too fast. Terrifying. And they're so strong and they have no business having you know, any of those characteristics. You know, um, no face and spirited away when he just starts swallowing <laughs> things with no warning or predictability to it other than like that things would be swallowed that's a frog yep like coloring books never show a frog just slurping down a bird or a rat or anything they sit on their lily pad and they eat flies yes of course all frogs everywhere with that giant mouth (laughs) they have a, a tongue and apparently invade alien planets for their bug environment have you played frog fractions no oh just Google Frog Fractions. That whole game honestly fits the show so well. <laughs> okay, do you have your summary? Yeah, I do. All right. But it's very general because frogs are very complicated. Can't really dive too deep. That's fine. In just a few minutes. But I can tell you a little bit about frogs. Just the very basics. You guys right. ready? Yeah. All right. Frogs are an order of amphibians with about 7,300 species found worldwide. They can live in areas that range from tropical to subarctic, but the tropics are home to the most species diversity. The majority of frogs lay their eggs in water, the majority, which are fertilized externally and hatch into aquatic larvae called tadpoles. As tadpoles eat food and grow, they gradually lose their tails, grow limbs, and metamorphose into adult frogs. As adults, frogs live on dry land and freshwater, but some species have adaptations that allow them to live in trees or underground. Because they have semi-permeable skin that absorbs chemicals like water and oxygen, frogs tend to live in wet environments. Frogs do have glands in their skins that secrete mucus, and sometimes toxins, to help prevent dehydration, but most species still require a water source to keep their skin wet so they can breathe. If environmental conditions aren't right for their survival, some frogs and species can go into torpor and remain inactive until conditions improve. I really wish I could do that. Yeah, me too. Just hide in a hole until the world gets better. <laughs> oh my God, we'd still hey, be hiding. Hasn't been the past year and a half though? Oh, you're right. Too real. But we had to be conscious through that. We did. We did. We couldn't just sleep it off. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. Although they have relatively strict environmental needs, frogs are less particular when it comes to their diets, as we've kind of mentioned. Frogs are generalist carnivores and will eat just about any creature that can fit into their mouths. Fortunately, frogs tend to be small and stick to insects. Some omnivorous frogs are even less picky and will eat plant matter too. They snatch their prey with their long, sticky tongues and then retract their eyeballs into their heads to assist with swallowing. That's right. That's horrifying. I've seen it's videos. So it's so... Yeah. It, oh my God. I. It's the stuff of nightmares. It, it really is the stuff of nightmares. 
Yeah. Because they try to swallow things that are so big, they need their eyeballs to push it down. More evidence that they're really just mouth with other things to help mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, that is their function. Other than making more frogs. Speaking of which, frog calls exhibit extraordinary vocal diversity and no two species have the same call. These calls are used primarily to attract a mate, but some calls are used for distress or danger. Mating calls can be quite loud, carrying up to a mile away. Despite having incredible calls, frogs don't have external ears. Instead, they have circular areas of skin behind each of their eyes called tympanic membranes that vibrate and transmit sound to the middle and inner ear. Frogs are vital to the world's ecosystems since they help control insect populations and act as a food source for many other carnivorous animals. Because of the sensitivity of their skin, however, frog populations are easily impacted by environmental shifts and human activity. Scientists monitor frog populations to estimate the health of an ecosystem and catch early warning signs of environmental damage. Frog populations have been declining since at least the 1950s, and over a third of frog species are listed as at least threatened. Herbicides, pesticides, higher levels of UV radiation, fungal disease, and parasites are among the main problems that frogs are facing. Numerous conservation efforts are underway to protect frogs, though, and captive breeding programs, such as those established in zoos, have been very successful so far. And fun fact, the World Association of Zoos and Aquariums named 2008 the Year of the Frog to raise awareness and help out frog conservation. So things are looking up for frogs because people are more aware of how important they are and how vital they are for an ecosystem. But still, it's an uphill battle for frogs. It's a good thing they can hop up that hill. Yeah. It is just going to, it really is going to go. That was a good one. Except they can't because frogs are having more and more mutations and some of them are hatching early. And because of that, they are hopping less. They're relying on other modes of getting around of locomotion. So they're climbing more and walking more and swimming more and they can't hop as well. Great. So the cute thing is going away. Yeah, the cute part. They're the just the only cute part they have left. I mean, they also are orb shaped, and that's rather cute. Yeah, as long as we don't think about the fact that the orb is their mouth. <laughs> True. Well, the orb is their stomach. You know, like stomach and mouth. What What is a stomach but an inside part of your mouth? Fair point. Speaking of, what do you call a sad frog? Just a frog. Unhoppy. The frogs are unhoppy because they're losing their hop. That's so cute. Oh, yeah. Literally unhoppy. Literally. Because <laughs> they're not good at hopping anymore. No. A lot of people find the hopping very terrifying. That's what scares a lot of people about frogs, that they just hop unpredictably. There was that horror movie called, I think, Frogs that was set in Florida. And they were trying to use the hopping as like a big, scary, like a monster chasing <laughs> you. And it's just hopping frogs. What is horror but one jump scare after another? (laughs) It's literally a jump scare. (laughs) And they're the masters at jump scares. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a small child, or I mean, no, I've done this as an adult too. If you pick up a toad or a frog and just carry it, within like two minutes, somebody will scream and run away from you. So they're good people to turns too. That is true. If you don't mind all of the pee that will be dripping from you because they are water balloons of piss. Yeah, they really are. Sometimes, sometimes. Be warned, it can happen, but it's only happened to me like once or twice. Oh, it happened every time we would take the bullfrog on a school outreach. And then, of course, all of the children freak out because they projectile pee (laughs) like four times their body size in volume of 
urine. Where does it all come from? I don't know. Fact time. <laughs> Who's first? Well, I mean, I can go. Speaking of urine. Oh, no. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> all right. This is less about toads, but I d- wasn't aware of this fact until I started doing research and I was uh, I was mildly horrified. Um, so, you know, not sure if you're pregnant. Luckily, these days, we have simple tests that you can get from drugstores very easily over the counter. Not a big deal. But once upon a time, fairly recently, tests weren't that available, particularly before the 1970s. And one-step sticks that we have now weren't available until 1988. So before that, they had to rely on the Hogbin test. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Apologies. But in 1930, a scientist by the name of Hogbin um, led a study where he discovered that when you inject an African clawed frog with the urine of a pregnant person, the, the pregnancy hormones in that urine would trigger the frog to ovulate and there would be frog eggs the next day. And this was a great discovery. It was a huge improvement on previous tests because before they used similar techniques, but in mice or rabbits. And to see if there are any ovarian changes, the mice and rabbit that were involved in these tests had to be euthanized. So conveniently, toads used in the Hogman test could be reused. And pregnancy tests could be administered on a much wider scale and faster, too. So thousands of African clawed frogs were exported across the world for pregnancy tests from the 1930s to the 1950s. I had no idea that this was a thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, leftover frogs, when they were no longer needed, were very likely released just outside of whatever hospital had been using them. Oh, fuck. Some probably became pets, but a very, very, very small amount. So... Obviously, a lot of problems there. It's an invasive species. It's going to wreak havoc on the ecosystem and the environment and populations of native amphibians and so many things. But on top of that, in 2006, researchers found out that these African clawed frogs could have been the carriers that introduced a very deadly fungus to amphibian populations around the world, which resulted in the extinction and decline of around 200 species. So, like I mentioned, one of the big, big problems that frogs are facing right now are fungal diseases that are killing them. And this could be part of why it's so widespread and how it traveled so quickly and why it is such a huge, major, massive problem. Because people kept getting pregnant and we wanted faster, convenient, less death-filled tests. Which, fair, but, you know. In a roundabout way, it led to more death. (laughs) It led to more death. And currently there are African clawed frogs in California that scientists have confirmed currently do carry this virus. Mm. They think that these frogs are in fact the vectors that brought the fungus over and is helping to spread it because they don't exhibit symptoms of it and they don't succumb to it as quickly as other amphibians do. So they can live long enough to get around, reproduce, lay some eggs and continue the spread. Mm. So... Yay. It's interesting how it's so fun. And I wish science was more like this today. I feel like it's not as much where you could just wake up and decide like, hey, what happens if I take the urine from a potentially pregnant woman and inject it in this frog? Right. You just can't do that kind of stuff anymore. But it's wild that like he did that 
probably because they maybe wanted to find an alternative to mice and rabbits or I don't know the backstory of what caused him to actually try this the fact that it came that this came about from it Mm -hmm. that is really really cool but you're absolutely right these days you have to jump through so many hoops and beg and plead and do so much preliminary research to get a grant to fund the Mm -hmm. research you want to do and like what kind of research like that existed before yeah it's much much harder to do more spontaneous hey i wonder if experiments these days but yeah i mean that's really cool but i mean i guess the moral of the story is the next time you need to use a pregnancy test and you think just peeing on a stick is gross I mean, imagine taking that pee and putting it into a frog. I wonder if you just had to pee on the frog because no. they absorb things oh. through their skin. So I maybe wonder. injection wasn't even necessary. You could just pee on a frog. Could you imagine? Hormones tend to be very large molecules in comparison, though. So oh, I don't fair. know what the size limit is on the semi-permeable membrane that makes up their skin. So I don't know, but maybe. Imagine going to like a pharmacy and them just being like, okay, here's the frog, go use the restroom, come back, hand me back the pea-covered frog, and we're good. I'll let you know tomorrow. No, you just you just take it <laughs> home with you, Alec, and it's your pregnancy pet. Oh, and then if, if you it find... has eggs the next day. <laughs> Congratulations, you have a baby and so <laughs> many baby frogs. Because I struggle like peeing in a cup, like for the doctor, you know? I can't imagine having to pee on a frog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just too With much. Hopping. Oh my God. Stop. <laughs> no. Mm, Sorry to bring not. that <laughs> image into everyone's lives. It's fine. So frogs are very sensitive to their environments. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So yeah, after you figure out whether or not you're pregnant from peeing on this frog, you know, most people, hopefully, at least by the time they're getting pregnant, know that you will give birth to a live baby. We don't lay an egg. We don't lay like a semi-cooked baby most <laughs> of the time. Uh, it depends on, you know, your stance on how cooked babies are in general compared well, to other animals. Sometimes they are a little undercooked I was when they're undercooked. born. Yeah, yes, I, I was, was a month well. too early. Mm-hmm. But in any case, you know, live birth, that's what mammals do, right? Frogs, as we've discussed, lay eggs most of the time. And then <laughs> the female will lay the eggs. The male will fertilize them after they've been laid. You have your tadpoles into little frogs, into adult frogs, that kind of thing. But there are actually frogs that do give live birth, but there are still varying ways because, of course, you have the frog egg, the tadpole, and then the froglet. There are different forms of live birth depending on what stage of frog baby you are delivering or the frog is delivering to the world, which is pretty interesting. So the first one I found is the southern Darwin frog. Um, These guys are native to Chile and Argentina. The first part of their reproductive system works normally. The female frog will lay the eggs, the male will fertilize them. But then shortly after the tadpoles start to wiggle around inside their egg, it stimulates the dad to eat the brood of the baby tadpoles. And they are kind of stored in his vocal sac, which takes up the length of the belly from his throat down to his groin. And the tadpoles will just grow inside of the dad's vocal sac. Can you imagine the wiggling? Yeah. 
I, and, I can't imagine that with a human baby, one singular human baby that horrifies me. Like that's just not something I want to experience. But can you imagine hundreds of wiggling tadpoles? Yeah. Oh no. And it's interesting because in humans, the baby, as it grows, actually displaces the organs within the mother to make space for it. So their stomach normally is in kind of the lower part of the body actually ends up like almost at their chest level. And these froglets will do the same thing within the male his organs will be displaced as the vocal sac is growing. Uh, about 50 days later, the froglets are then vomited up by the dad and they carry on their merry way and just live life as a little frog. So interesting. I like this because it, you know, it takes some aspects of frog reproduction, human reproduction, seahorse reproduction. <laughs> and just throw in a dash of Greek mythology. Yeah. That's what I was thinking this whole time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, so, but they lay the eggs first. Yeah. So there's still eggs. Yes. And it's not like garter snakes and other snakes that are ovoviviparous, where they have the no, eggs and they yeah. hatch internally. It's kind of, but the eggs were external and then they're internal. Do we have a word for that? No, that's why when I say live birth, it's like in quotes, you know, okay. like live birth, because technically they did still come from eggs. In all of these scenarios, for the most part, they do still originate as eggs. It's just whether or not they are laid gotcha. and then when they are fertilized and that kind of thing. So for listeners, viviparous is true live birth. Oviparous is when they hatch from eggs, mm-hmm. external eggs. And then there's ovoviviparous in which the animal has eggs that are internal they hatch internally and it appears that they give live birth and snakes will do this, some species of snakes. So I don't even know how you would classify this because the eggs are external, then are internal and they hatch internally and it looks like live birth. So it's, it's weird. I don't know. Ovoviviparous with a couple extra steps. I don't know. (laughs) So it's like ovo, ovo, viviparous. We just keep layering it on. Om nom nom ovo viviparous. Yes. That's perfect. So next up is the Sulawesi fanged frog. Uh, Normally, these guys are found in Indonesia. And across all frog species, only about 10 to 12 of them or so use internal fertilization, which, as we've already discussed, is pretty uncommon. Most of the time, fertilization is going to happen outside the body. That percentage Um, is crazy out of over 7,000 species. Yeah. Like 10 to 15-ish. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, But the Sulawesi fanged frog is the only one that we know of so far that will actually birth the tadpoles instead of laying fertilized eggs or giving birth to fully formed froglets. So it's unsure how internal fertilization works across amphibians, but the closest ones that we're able to research and kind of study are the California tailed frogs. They actually have a penis-like organ, which is called a, quote, tail uh, that functions like a penis would. But the Sulawesi fanged frog is the only one that, like I said, will give birth to those tadpoles, that kind of intermediate stage, just kind of weird. But yeah, I didn't even realize out of all the frogs that exist, yeah, most of them do external. I think I had heard of frogs that did internal fertilization, but I didn't realize like comparatively how few. Yeah. I didn't know how many frog species there were in the world. And mm-hmm. that's a little mind boggling. Yeah. That's I mean, 
I can't even do the mental math on that. So that's ovoviviparous. Yes. They fertilize internally, hatch internally, and then they appear yes. to give live birth. Yep. Okay. All um, right. That's normal. So we're going from om nom. Om nom nom viviparous. <laughs> om nom nom. I don't know. Alec. <laughs> what was it? Om nom nom ovoviviparous. I can't even say it now. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and yeah, so we're going to go from, you know, relatively normal to completely insane. And I must have buried the knowledge of this particular frog species in the recesses of my brain because I definitely remembered it when I came across <laughs> it again. The Suriname toad, commonly found in the northern countries of South America. You may or may not have seen this in videos from Nat Geo, National Geographic. They commonly use this one as like their bizarre animal births sort of thing. Uh, so basically, these guys grow to be about four to five inches in size, but they can be as big as eight inches in size. To give you a general description, if you imagine a frog that was crushed by a car and is super flat, like cartoonistically flat, that's what these guys look like. One of the herpetologists that studies these guys, David Canatella of the University of Texas, fails to find a word better to describe these frogs other than roadkill because they just look <laughs> no. flat. It's really entertaining. Uh, but when mating season comes, a male and a female frog will engage in an act known as amplexus, which is something that all frogs do, actually, for the most part, is where you might see a larger frog and then a smaller frog kind of piggybacking on top of it. Uh, that's the male waiting for the female to deposit her eggs so he can fertilize them. When the Suriname toads engage in amplexus, the male will hold on to the back of the female and then the female will swim around, which is weird because most of the time frogs don't really do that. They don't really swim, but these guys will. And she'll do somersaults and flip around in the water while the male is holding on to her. That's amazing. Yeah. While she is preparing to lay her eggs, uh, hormones, of course, do lots of weird things to bodies. Hormones will actually cause the skin on her back to thicken in preparation for the time in which these eggs will be laid. While that amplexus is going on, the female will just deposit one egg at a time or lay one egg at a time. The male will then fertilize it and then somehow betwixt all of the somersaults, it will get lodged in the female's back in that thickish layer of skin. The skin will continue to thicken until it grows around the eggs. So... Now this female just has a bunch of eggs in her back and oh my God. you might be wondering, how will they hatch? How will they lay? What do they do? Well, it's just as terrifying as you imagine it would be. Basically, when it's time for these little frogs to hatch, and we're now at a fully formed froglet stage too, they kind of skip the tadpole stage. They will emerge several months later from the back of the female and again, if you look at that Nat Geo video, you'll see them just kind of wiggling out and they kind oh, of expel no. like little rockets from That's the awful. back of the female. It's like the chest burster from Alien. Yep, yeah. it is. Except a or- hundred times over because this oh amplexus God. ritual can last sometimes up to 24 hours and a female can carry up to a hundred eggs at oh times. Oh my God, do they survive? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah, no, the female can still live. It's not like a bee sting situation. This sounds She'll horrible. Just do it again. Yeah. 
so she's doing somersaults while like juggling these eggs back to the male who's like fertilizing them and i'm guessing juggling them onto her back to like <laughs> time up these somersaults or whatever maybe and then they yeah or does she like try to dislodge the male and then lay the <laughs> eggs and then they get to, i don't i don't I know mean, i am of the standpoint where i mean you just look at videos or if you happen to see videos of animal mating things happen the female just look like she's not having a good time so i imagine that the somersault is probably in an effort to shake this male (laughs) off but you know oh my god sometimes if you strain a little bit maybe that's how the eggs are being laid and then it's just a weird coincidence you made it worse i don't know i'm just brainstorming because why it seems like such an uh, energy taxing process why can you not just lay the eggs like a normal frog or toad like i don't understand it sounds like the world's worst carnival ride yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god so do they go through the tadpole stage though inside the skin nope not really they Seriously? kind of yeah they kind of form uh according to the articles that i read they don't really i mean they might go through the tadpole stage but they don't last as long in that Mm -hmm. stage so they kind of breeze right through it okay that stage sounds worse to have lodged in your back than the frog stage the swimming seems worse because they get pretty big yeah and like you'll see as these frogs are giving and like they don't give birth all at once either because some eggs or skin pods are ready to hatch sooner than others so you'll see little frog legs sticking out of her back and as we've seen some individual tadpoles take longer to develop than others yep yep oh boy yeah thanks for sharing you're welcome live birth i feel like i too have heard this but hadn't heard the details Mm -hmm. or the the full story yeah i think sometimes people think that like Upon seeing that frog in particular, that it's being attacked by something, but then upon <laughs> further inspection, nope, it's trying to give birth, I guess. Aren't you glad we don't do that? Oh my god, human pregnancy and birth is already bad enough. You're welcome. Oh. So speaking of weird frog sex, (laughs) we have to thank the Tungara frogs for having really weird kinky sex that helps us heal burns in humans. So just in general, if ever like, I wonder how that medical marvel works. A lot of the times it's something really gross from animals. Fun things you learn in 4-H as a kid. But back to frogs. So (laughs) Tungara frogs. They're really small. And they lay eggs. They have external fertilization. So, so far, we're kind of normal for frog weirdness. But they make these foam nests. These foam nests are great because they help protect the eggs from environmental factors. Because we know frogs are sponges, even from that little egg stage. So, like, any bacteria that could affect them, that foam nest will help protect them from, as well as from predators. It's big, makes that whole clutch look bigger, so helps to deter them. Also, harder to get through that than just a regular egg. So, it's a great protection. Uh, but how they get this foam is that the female's cloaca will create a precursor fluid, and then the male takes his feet, and after collecting the eggs will use his feet to collect his precursor <laughs> fluid and then beat it like an egg beater into a foam. Oh my god. And then make a nest with it on the surface of the water. So it's like a frog sex meringue? 
It is frog precum meringue. Why? <laughs> Why? I'm never going to be able to eat meringue again. I know. It's oh not my coming God. from frogs, so it's fine. Unless you are, in which case, why are you eating that? However, uh, some researchers have figured out, hey, wait, we can use this. <laughs> of course. Treating burn victims is really difficult because anything you put on that could also cause more issues. Uh, so some researchers have figured out it is a really good way to deliver healing drugs to burn patients. The bubbles themselves can actually have medication trapped inside and deliver it while also acting like a protective band-aid almost at the same time, just like it's doing for those frog eggs. We can fill the bubbles with the healing medicine for really bad burn victims. And that bubble itself also acts like a natural band-aid. So if you ever get really bad burns, just don't think about what they're putting on you. Just be thankful. Find a Tangara frog and say, thank you for being kinky. I didn't know that there would be any other animal that would be into the feet stuff. <laughs> but that's just horrid. Feets, while they're collecting eggs and they're like, what do I need to do next? We've already got the eggs. Let's grab this fluid that's leaking out the cloaca and beat it with my feet. And so you said the fluid comes out before the eggs or after? From what I found, it just said collects eggs and the precursor fluid for the foam. Maybe it's like simultaneous. I could not find an order of operations here. I'm sure I could find a video. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just wondering, because I feel like you'd have to build the nest first, or, like, maybe you build the nest around the eggs. Right, yeah. Because you also don't want to, like, beat the eggs apart. Right. Because they're pretty fragile. (laughs) It really is a meringue at that point. Yeah, Yeah. that's why I'm saying it is too close. (laughs) Let me look this up. Oh, my. Tangara. Oh, I'm going to get on some watch lists for this one. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna try to put Tangara phone here and see what I can get. Um, I know Nat Geo has a video. Ah, their video is labeled "Frog Love Phone." <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. Do you want this video link? <laughs> I'll give you the option. No, like I don't. Yes, I don't. I do. I'm, I'm gonna send you the video link of what I'm about to watch here, and you can decide from my reaction if you want to click it. This is like Smile Dog, but worse. There we are. Oh, those sure are some frogs fucking. <laughs> I can't stop watching. I'm horrified and I can't stop watching. <gasps> oh my god! What? Okay, so what? Just, what? what happened? Okay. Not only do these frogs have kinky foot sex with this fluid that is released at the same time as the eggs, uh, sometimes <laughs> other couples join in too. Oh, oh good! There's good. now a frog foam orgy going on on this video. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Everyone's releasing together. Uh, they described it as like a daycare center. Oh, is not what happens at daycare. Not my daycare. Oh my god. Well, that was something I just experienced. <laughs> the link is there if you if you so wish it, um, listeners. You know, you can just Google Tangara frog film. And you'll get a lot of videos. There were so many that came up uh, on my browser. And that's because I Google weird things for this show. Have at it. Well, we sure earned our rating on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did. Yeah, we really went all out on this episode. Yeah. 
Let's so did see. those frogs. I'm never going to wipe that from my memory. Hey, I never thought I would say this, but do you have a wholesome pun for us? Oh, I do. Where do frogs hang their coats? Where? Where do they In hang their coats? In that terrible nest. No. Alex, shut up. <laughs> In the croak room. Oh. The yeah. croak from yeah. the vocal folds? That no. Fold their spawn? No. No. Okay. okay, what do you get when you cross a frog? And a rabbit. A monstrous hybrid. Oh no, way too many animals. <laughs> <laughs> a bunny ribbit. Oh, oh that's kind of cute. Yeah. You know what we're talking about next time? No idea. <laughs> Heading to the beach? Watch out for otters. Don't go near Think them. Think again. <laughs> <laughs> you thought the water was safe because of sharks. But the real monsters are otters. That's right, those adorable little animals holding hands so they don't float away from each other are actually murderous beasts that just want to eat your dog. So tune in next time to hear all about them. 